What's up, y'all? Just when y'all thought Mississippi couldn't out Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi messed around and out Mississippi, Mississippi. Um, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach. That that is the truth. That is what that is the state of play right now. Um, the the last podcast in this feed was recorded roughly 30 hours. Uh, before Mississippi State hired Mike Leach, we recorded it Wednesday morning. Um, at that point in time, neither of us really knew that Mike Leach was on Mississippi State's radar because he really wasn't. Um, I think both of us, at least Godfrey for sure, went to bed Wednesday night thinking that it would probably be Steve Sarkeesian at least. Um, and then you wake up and and you go through the day and Mississippi State does what it does. So this is going to be a little bit of, of a different podcast. We kind of uh, dropped the top and did a conference call. So you're going to hear me. You're going to hear Godfrey. You're going to hear Ryan Nanny. You're going to hear Brian Floyd, who went to Washington State, covered Washington State, and is a Washington State fan. And and of course, you'll hear our, our old buddy Alex Kirshner. So we're going to dice this higher up um, with some instant reaction and, and some context about how it fits in with the rest of the SEC and, and where we kind of all go from here with Mississippi State head football coach, Mike Leach. For posterity, the rest of this conference call is going to be recorded and possibly released somewhere. Um, hi, everybody. Today is Thursday, January 9th, 2020. Mississippi State fired its head coach uh, days ago, I want to say. Um, good news. That job is no longer open. Mike Leach is now officially going to be the head coach of Mississippi State. I'm here with my Banner Society colleagues, Alex Kirshner and Brian Floyd. Uh, I believe Richard is on his way later. And depending on how long we go, other people may drop in. Um, And we're taking questions in the chat. Um, We've got a couple that are already in reserve. If you can drop more in, go for it. I'm going to start with Floyd. Floyd, you said before we before we started recording, your primary feeling right now is relief. And from somebody who, to somebody who maybe is not as attuned to who Mike Leach is and how he operates, that seems like a somewhat curious thing to say about a coach who, you know, had had success at Washington State, had had them winning more games than they certainly had under a bunch of their a bunch of his predecessors. Basically all of them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the winning the football games part was good and I enjoyed that. Um and it's basically all the other stuff. You just get to the off season and you're like, "Oh, good." Let's see what kind of damage we can do today, whether it's tweeting a deep fake video or just kind of being all weird. So like I think even it happened at Tech, and Tech dealt with it in a much different way. But like, there's a, there's kind of a shelf life on it all, and it you get to a point where you start weighing like, can you win without a lot of the extracurriculars that you end up running into, and like, when are you like, when do you decide that that trade off is enough? And I think like, in Pullman that happened a little bit. It's not like it was like overwhelming, but people kind of like you start to split between like, yeah, this is great, and like, okay, we're just kind of tired of all this crap now. So, I don't know. It felt like this was walking towards a, like, WSU and Leach need to make a change and just, like, go their separate ways, and they kind of did. So that's cool. 
It kind of, I mean, it was, it didn't really matter this year because, I don't know, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Washington State. I, I don't think most people nationally did either. But, like, this theoretically could have been a very weird year since Mike Leach basically took the Tennessee job last mm-hmm. year and then Tennessee said, aha, a coup has taken place. You have, there's no job for you to take, sir. Yeah, and he still ended up like coming back and making it work, and it, like things were where they were. They won six games, went to a bowl, and all that. But like, it's amazing that he was able to walk back into the room after like he left, and then uh, there was technically a different head coach at the time. So, like overnight, there was a different head coach. They had signed paperwork, and it was all done. And then we just came back and was like, "Aha, kidding!" And that's how we ended up where we were this year. Good shit. Um, yeah, hey. all normal. Richard, are you here? Can you hear us? I sure am. Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, welcome. Um, Alex, I want to jump to you first. You, you have so many, you've shared so many thoughts in our private Slack that you don't want to share on Twitter, but I feel this is a safe space. So what is your, what is your hottest Twitter uh, reaction to this hiring? Well, for context, the thing that I didn't want to say on Twitter that I, I said when they fired Joe Moorhead that wasn't entirely right of me, it wasn't entirely fair of me, but nonetheless, was that Mississippi State seems like they're under the impression that they are somebody other than Mississippi State. And that wasn't the reason that wasn't totally fair, um, even if in some cases it might be true, is that there were clearly other things that they had in mind when they fired Joe Moorhead. But you know, ostensibly you're firing him because, you know, you don't see the program going in the right direction and you do not think this is the guy who is going to be able to, you know, give you a puncher's chance in the right year to maybe win the SEC West. Um, I think it's a little bizarre in a way to then turn around and hire Mike Leach, whose thing is, you know, I will use the air raid, you know, a fairly unique offense, uh, to make you good, but also I've never won a conference championship in my FBS coaching career. Um, and, you know, you could say that that's because he has only worked at places where he has very limited access to talent, uh, especially compared to his peers, and that is totally true, but then I'm not sure how going to Mississippi State relieves that problem. So, you know, I, I think that Mississippi State probably just paid Joe Moorhead a big buyout to maybe do like a game better per year, maybe, if that. It's hard to say. Um, I understand Mike Leach, you know, he's a guy you can get excited about and stuff in specs, but um, if Joe Moorhead, I think going like 8-5 and five in 2018 was not enough, and it's understandable why it wasn't, given the defense that he inherited from Dan Mullen. Um, but I'm not sure what you're expecting is going to be a ton different from Mike Leach. Maybe I'll be wrong, but he's won more than more than eight games a handful of times, but it's almost always been nine games. And so, you see, I mean, he's had a few really good, you know, a couple double-digit win years in there. But, yeah, so that's my thought on it. I mean, he, he'll be fine. But, like, I, I don't know. I think Joe Moore probably would have been fine, too. Um, personally, I disagree with you. I think it's going to be bad at first. Like, maybe, oh, yeah. with, maybe with time it will get to fine. I do not think next year is going to be fine. I do not think the – I have to get this part off my chest because um, – I think it's going to be deeply unpleasant. Here is not not next year, but the 2021 non-conference schedule for Mississippi State. Uh, 
There is a game against Eastern Illinois. That one I'm not worried about. It's the other three that concern me. I, you uh, might want to worry about Eastern Illinois. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's fair. That's fair. But, but assuming the FCS curse doesn't follow, here's, who, here's who's on the non-conference schedule. Louisiana Tech at home. North, North Carolina State also at home. And at Memphis. I, <laughs> I like... Oh, then, then you add in, you're going to play your full SEC schedule on top of that. He's getting a, so mad about that schedule right now. He, he is notorious for hating having, having hard non-conferences, and he's got to be like, come on. Really? I, I just, I have a very, yeah. Um, Richard, if I ask you to make the optimist case for this hire, are you capable of doing that, or am I being a dick? Uh, I, I mean, just, uh, Mississippi State just paid however much million dollars to at least be as in the college football zeitgeist as Ole Miss. And if we're treating these schools as the crabs in the bucket that our dear colleague, Stephen Godfrey, will always tell you that they are, then, yeah, you will at least be on par in the media sphere with Ole Miss moving forward. All right, cool. Have fun. Have a great time. Um from a football, even even off the field stuff, um, I would like I would like to remind all of you that this is an election year. This is uh, this election year, which I don't think I have to say more bluntly than that. And this is Mike Leach, so expect the foot to go in the mouth at some point. Um, will it matter because of where he is, the state that he's in? Maybe not. But, uh, yeah, that is going to be very interesting to see play out as you continue to stick uh, microphones in Mike Leach's face over the next <clears throat> 10 months, 10, 11 months. Um, on the football field, how's it going to work? I don't know. Um, the two stiffest litmus tests his team faced against SEC, his teams have faced against SEC opponents came the 2006 and 2009 Cotton Bowl. Those were at least the 2009 version of Texas Tech is probably the best Texas Tech team ever, and they couldn't really pull away from or outscore a middle-of-the-road Ole Miss team, and they lost to an Alabama team in 2006 in the Cotton Bowl that wasn't very good. Um, you know, I year one is not going to be um, fun, I don't think. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains there. Um, I think you're trying to graft this system onto a roster that is not really amenable to it. I think you're going to be facing defenses who are used to air raid concepts and used to at least seeing something that looks like Mike Leach. Mike Leach is probably the last and purest air raid coach in FBS at least. Um, but that also comes with, as Jimmy Lake will tell you, this propensity to not change. Like he's doing what he's done for pretty much ever, at least the last two decades, if we're calling that forever. And, you know, Jimmy Lake, Washington's new head coach, told you, I believe, three years ago that they know what Washington State's going to do and that he doesn't change. And he hasn't, and you've seen the results against a good or great team. Um, so is this going to be really, really interesting? Yeah. Um, do I think this is going to work? Um, maybe not. It's going to be bad, bad, Nick. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. Do you take any lessons from the How Mummy Kentucky experience and making you think about how this is going to go? No, because it's 25 years ago. Yeah, it's but a whole different time. Content. 
I, so, yeah, like, I, I guess the reason the reason I bring it up is that um, I, I think that there could be some analogs there. You know, I think that Kentucky in the late '90s and Mississippi State now are they're not like exceptionally different jobs by like the caliber of the job and like by the level of the competition that you're going to face. You know, especially with like some of those Florida teams that Kentucky had to deal with around then and. I think they topped out at seven and five, and they were mostly like five and six, seven and five, six and six. I could see that being the way that this goes. Hey, I have great news. I found Stephen Godfrey, and he's here. Hi, guys. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Um, how much do you know at this point? Because I, I haven't, literally haven't talked to you for like the last hour. What do you know? What have you heard? What is news to you? Was I, I don't think this is true. I'm not the one who told you Mike Leach got hired at Mississippi State, am I? No, um, I saw okay. it break uh, on social. Um, last night, the, the the definitive word that I had was that uh, the uh, John Cohen, the AD, sorry, I'm kind of gathering notes on my phone. Um, John Cohen, the AD, had had a long and, quote, substantial meeting with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and that, you know, we talk about this on PAPN a lot. Like, I think I feel I know. Um, so I, so I learned that and knew that, but I definitely felt like last night, if you were to ask me who was going to be the next head coach at Mississippi State, I thought it would be Steve Sarkeesian. Um, there were some issues there. Uh, Scoop today, football Scoop had a, had a blog that I think was close to what I had heard, which is, and stay with me on the line of logic here as we arrive at Mike Leach, there was concern of Sarkeesian having the same fish-out-of-water problem that Joe Moorhead had had. Now, how you draw a line from that to Mike Leach, I can't wait to hear about. I mean, the good Um, news is Mike Leach is a fish-out-of-water everywhere, so... Um... There's a lot of really, I guess, mundane things I'm thinking about right now that, um, like, privately athletic directors and SIDs and boosters have always told me about, like, I wouldn't, like, I love Leach's style of football. I wouldn't want him to be my coach because of X. Like, I'm thinking about all that right now and just the, um, there's a fishbowl culture in the Southeastern Conference that is unrivaled. You know, I don't like to put the SEC up on a pedestal for much because I do think a lot of it's overinflated, but the fishbowl is not. And that is a unyielding, ever-present monitoring of every single action or inaction that a coach takes. Mike Leach has operated in, in locations specifically that, that suit his laissez-faire attitude and his ability to sort of do things his own way and just just all of his idiosyncrasies have not been scrutinized the way that they're about to be. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting. I'm still I'm still processing this. Um, I think in football terms, I would love to know who his defensive coordinator is going to be. Also, if you've looked at Mississippi State's roster, they aren't rife with wide receivers. So I guess they're going to have a very fruitful transfer portal summer. I would also add to that. The the first thing he's going to have to do, obviously, is get a quarterback, which is it's Portal Town, USA, Starkville. Um, I think that on on defense, I think is the place you can be. I'll call it charitable. Um, I think there is just, and I I think I said this to, to some people in here, 
um, amongst ourselves, he's going to be able to osmosis himself into, like, some defensive linemen at least. I mean, he's in Mississippi. Like, he's going to be able to, to kind of just luck into a defense that's at least going to be better up front, likely, than he has ever had. Um, I, I think he's going to be able to get some help on defense in ways that he probably never was able to. I mean, uh, Floyd, I know you could probably speak to the defensive talent um, in uh, at Wazoo better than I can, but you know, the, the, the only good defense they really put out on the field was that Grinch year, and the Grinch year was incredible because everything Grinch did was to move defensive linemen around and, and not necessarily come straight at you and try to slobber knock you. It was to kind of confuse you with pre-snap looks and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like, they were a small defense, so then they just transitioned to speed and coming at you from different angles and, like, more or less kind of, in a good way, like, got lucky with Grinch and that, like, he just took off as a D.C. I think his problem still will be finding a D.C., though. You could have all the players you want in the SEC, but, like, in Pullman, he walked away with Mike Bresky after he couldn't find him for a while. He pulled one from FCS. Then he had um, Grinch and Clay, and Clay's walked out mid-season this year. So, like, it's a very weird job. The defensive side of his ball is a very weird job. And... It'll be interesting to see who he picks up because he's basically had to go under the radar for his picks. And the most recent one that was like a former head coach, you know, looked at it as a strong D.C., just walked out and was like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore before the bye week. I'm also a little skeptical, Richard, because, like, what happened at Washington State is one thing. But Mike Leach has coached at a school in a, in a, in a state rife with talent, including on the defensive side. And that Texas Tech team, specifically the um, the 11 and 2 team in 2008, Bill Connolly, may he rest in peace. Um, his S&P ratings for that year, you're talking about the number three team on offense and the number 66 team on defense, <laughs> and that's like well into his tenure with the Red Raiders. So like. I, my, to me, I'm just like, I don't know how defensive talent in that state, unless you're just like deeply invested in playing for Mississippi State, no matter who the coach is, I don't know how all the other coaches in the, in the conference, in the division, in the area don't say, why would you go play here for this guy who's demonstrated he like either isn't good or doesn't give a shit about defense and instead, you should go play for one of the other schools that, you know, does do those things. I also think there is going to be, and Godfrey, I'm interested to, to hear what you think about this. There is going to be a level of schadenfreude if Leach fails amongst his peers. There are a, a good amount of coaches in the industry that I think cannot wait to watch Mississippi State potentially get their heads beaten in uh, for eight games in an SEC schedule. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the irony is, I probably the second most hated coach in that way is, is coaching 90 miles up the road. There's a lot of people that hate Lane in the same way, and so it's funny that they now have this weird thing in common. Um, yeah, I think 
uh, you know, Richard and I are about to be at this, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's called AFCA. It's basically a giant conference of football coaches. And, you know, this is definitely going to be the discussion for sure. This is the number one discussion topic now. Um, yeah, everyone that you talk to is going to predict failure here. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, we do get to see uh, at least if you don't care one way or the other about the SEC West or Mississippi State, at the very least, you're going to get to see the experiment that we've talked about for years, which is could Mike Leach in the most talented conference in the country be successful as a head coach running that system? We're about to find out. Um, I, don't, I would caution against making this a, like, is it, it's, a, it's a Mike Leach question, I think, not an Eric question, because the thing that we're going to find very quickly, I think, especially with the transition, is, like, there's going to be some very rough growing pains that have nothing to do with the system and everything to do with Leach, his style, and how he approaches, like, running a program that are going to be interesting to watch. His disciplinary style, yeah, my, his, like, all that stuff's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, just, to, just to kind of piggyback on Floyd, and Floyd has a very unique perspective being a Washington State alumnus and fan, uh, I, I'm not so much interested in the football part of this as I usually am not in this sport, believe I, like. I'm, I'm interested in the margin, the subtext, and, like, the culture here is going to be fascinating because uh, one of the ways that Mississippi State has sort of coped with its identity in the league in the modern era, its bitter hatred of its rival, all of its, you know, perceived, uh, you know, real or not inadequacies is by controlling their message very, very tightly uh, through every situation. It's going to be impossible to control their message as tightly as they do with this man as their head coach. Um, he's going to draw in a level of media that they haven't had since Dan Mullen was at his peak, but it's going to be in a completely different manner. And I just, I'm going to be fascinated how they message this and maintain the message. I also would like every single person in the Southeast ever considering hiring a head coach to completely and totally always and forevermore miss me with any sort of cultural fit as the reason why <laughs> I can't. I don't give a fuck, all right? Uh, if you're in the Northeast, I get it. If you're west of Texas, I get it. If you're in Texas, I also sort of get it. But, like, the cultural fit thing in the Southeast, man, if you can coach ball and you can get the players, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, I would get to the point that Richard made about Mike Leach. Excuse me, it was Floyd who made the point in response to Richard about not viewing this as an air raid referendum, but viewing it as a leech referendum. I think part of the reason that we have not gotten a chance to have an air raid referendum in a league like the SEC is that there's only a couple of coaches who do it, and the most prominent of those coaches is this guy, Mike Leach, who has so many extracurriculars that you know programs of a certain type just like cannot hire him. Um, or haven't been interested in it. And I think that at some point, there's going to be some offspring of the Leach coaching tree that gets some job uh, at the level where we finally get to see exactly how I can take you. But I am, you know, until you go to a place where you have an air raid coach doing this with four stars, then I'm not sure that I'm ever going to know. So I think that's an important point. Not the funny sure. thing, too, is like if I you wait a year, it'll be USC with Graham Harrell. Like, that's where yeah, the actual referendum will happen, probably. Sorry, yeah. you were saying, Richard? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I would agree with you about USC because USC, USC has the opportunity to become the most talented 
team, air raid team ever, because it is UFC. But I don't think you can divorce, you cannot divorce Mike Leach and the air raid. I, I, in a way that, in a way that maybe we, we haven't seen other than maybe like a Paul Johnson, because Paul Johnson wasn't necessarily just a triple option. Paul Johnson was this old school triple option thing that Jeff Munkin and Kenya Matalolo not necessarily are with their uh, triple option. I, I think Mike Leach, in the way he runs the air raid, similar to how Mummy, those guys are so, so, so um, just pot committed to that system and, and their own uh, perceived expertise of that system and their own perceived expertise of the game and, and their own intellectual expertise in general as it comes to Leach with, with more than football things, at least you know, what he thinks of himself. Um, I, I just don't know if if I can mentally divorce the two. Like, it's, Mississippi State is all in on it, man. You, you get, you got the guy and you got the system. Well, and, and like Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson, the thing is, if it doesn't work, you will now find yourself, I don't know, three, four, maybe less years saying, we're hitting the hard reset all over again. Um, here's what's interesting to me. The, the, for whatever reason, because my brain is broken, I have sort of sat on this news and looked at it and said, okay, to me the interesting story in the West now is Texas A&M. Texas A&M, you know, has the, has the opposite of their schedule this year, next year. There's nobody interesting on the non-conference they don't have any particularly, you know, their, their crossover games are not, are not, that, not much of anything. If there is a year for Texas A&M to win 10 or 11 games, in theory it's next year. And that was true before Arkansas fired their head coach, before Ole Miss and Mississippi State both fired their head coaches. And now I'm just fascinated about what does, what does it look like if Texas A&M doesn't go 10 and 2 at, at the minimum next year. What does it look like if this, this is what their schedule is to start? Abilene Christian, North Texas, Colorado, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Fresno State, and then they, and then they play Auburn. Like, and then they play South Carolina. There is a real case to be made that if they don't get to eight and zero, oh, maybe you can say seven and one if you're if you're really in on Auburn next year. Like, that's a real problem if you can't take advantage of this schedule that has your two hardest games and and the gap is huge between them both at the end of the year. If you can't be in the college football playoff conversation next year, Texas A&M, man, what are you even doing? Why are you? What? Where is all that money going? Just light it on fire. Anyway, how did, you, like how did you find a way to make this about Texas A&M? Well done. I told you. I told you my brain is broken. Completely broken. My brain is completely broken. Um, well, I will, say, I will say this. If you're dividing up the division of haves and have-nots, this is going to be perceived much the same way Sam Pittman was, which was situational niche hire, not something that we will have to concern ourselves with largely winnable game unless there's a fluke. That's how they're looking at Sam Pittman. That's how they're going to look at Legion first. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's going to be the perception. Um, so this is, I want to ask this to, I think, both Godfrey and Richard. 
was there any plan when Joe Moore, when Joe Moore had got fired, was there any plan in place or any sort of like theoretical plan? And if and if there was, how far down the list of succession or how far away from that plan is Mike Leach, Mississippi State head coach? I think it's about as go ahead. It's about go as far. It's about as far away as Mike Leach, Tennessee head coach, was. That's literally exactly what I was going to say. That is exactly what I was about to say. It is exactly as far as Mike Leach has ever been for a, for a Southeastern Conference job. Joe Judge could be Mississippi State's head coach if he wanted to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, Mike, Mike Leach should send a, uh, a very substantial gift basket to Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. It would just be a nice thing to do. I mean, and plus, with all the money they paid Baylor, they really need to, you know, they could use a um, few I, gifts in return. I can, I can definitely tell you as a reporter that Joe Judge was uh, very much okay with and, and embracing the idea of taking that job. He did not spurn Mississippi State. He just got a job offer that was inarguably better. And then I, I can say with a lot of confidence, Joe Judge was intended to be the head coach of Mississippi State once they realized Napier was either not interested because of what they did or because of his plan. That's debatable right now. The situation in the courtship with Napier is not something that we have a complete story on yet, um, but I do think that I think Judge was courted as the replacement option and not really as a viable number two, but as, as a comparable number one when they, when they initially talked with Napier. And, I mean, they had communicated with Napier. To answer your original question, Ryan, they communicated with Napier and Gene Chizik before the Egg Bowl. And one thing I'll point out is that, you know, the Egg Bowl causes a lot of firings. It probably should have caused this one, if that makes sense. Um, it, it affects hires and fires so dramatically that, you know, because of the Elijah Moore situation, Matt Luke got fired, almost specifically because of that one antic or act or whatever. You know, Mississippi State was the team headed in that was talking about firing their coach, and because of Elijah Moore and Matt Luke, they didn't, and they probably should have, if only because they handicapped themselves by going into a January coaching search instead of a normal December one where the market would be amenable to them. Um, Alex, I know you have to jump off in a sec, but before you do, I, I feel obligated to ask, what is the win number that you would have to, how low would the win number have to be for you to accept a pork bet on, Miss, on Mississippi State next year? Well, that's a great question. Um, I would say that I, as I say this slowly so I can pull up the schedule, which is now in front of me, you start with New you start with New Mexico. That's a winnable game. Yeah. I think that as I, as I look down their schedule, I see a win against New Mexico. I see Arkansas as a win. Tulane could go either way. I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, and Missouri's at home. That could be a win. They're going to lose at Kentucky probably. Alabama A and M. I think that I would take. I, I would, if, if you gave me five and seven, I would say I bet they'd get to five and seven. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. Next time I see you, I'm going to give you three gin and tonics, and I'm going to convince you that um, six and six is possible, and then we're going to okay. make it work. But we'll, we'll do that in Tennessee next week. Can't wait. Okay. Okay. Um, Richard, 
Richard, I, I need to know, was Todd Grantham ever going to get this job? No, I do not think Todd Grantham was. Damn it! I think that Todd Grant, the only, only, only way Todd Grant gets this job is I think if, if, if they, like, miss on Leach and they, like, miss, miss, miss on, Char- on Sark and they go back to Billy Napier and make Billy Napier tell them, to, tell them no again, um, I, I do not think um, that Grant is going to get this job. Okay. Um so who's going to get the Washington State job? Sort of lost in all of this is that a Pac-12 job that, at least, if nothing else, Mike Leach has shown, is not a, is not a dead end. It's a place where you can do something. Um, and at a time when, you know, the Pac-12 has, I'm trying to think of how to say this gently, has room for, for, a, for a team to um, improve its standing. Who's that, who's that job going to get to? Who's a good fit for that? Who's an interesting fit? Um, who you got? I mean, the first person they probably should call is Alex Grinch. Okay. Um, Grinch is at Oklahoma right now. Give him a ring. Um, I got some names that were just purely like spitballed names earlier, which is Jeff Choate, who's at Montana State. He used to be Florida's uh, special teams coordinator for Moonlighting. Um, Jim McElwain. Um, uh, and then another name, like maybe Bo Baldwin, who was like the Eastern Washington coach, who was a hot shot for a little bit, and that didn't work out. Um, those are purely spitballed names that I was spitballing with somebody else. Okay. Um, somebody asked on Twitter, would Joe, how would Joe Moorhead do at this job? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can jump I don't in know. on that. He won't do it. I, I mean, no. I'll just go ahead and tell you, like, Joe Moorhead is – uniquely positioned right now to have a year maybe in OC the Giants, maybe somewhere like that, and then get back in at a program he wants to be at for four or five years. They are going to have a short-term problem that you mentioned that Mississippi State will end up having one day, which is like the roster turnover problem. Like, they're built for an air raid right now. The recruiting was on the offensive side of the ball. There's a, a whole lot of scholarship linemen, like an alarming number of scholarship linemen on the roster and like everything is on that one side of the ball and so it's going to hurt for a while probably in the short term especially if you don't hire an air raid guy um but they should probably not hire an air raid guy it's actually worse on the defensive side of the ball too they have no defensive backfield next year all everyone got suspended or thrown off scholarship because leeches rules and so like whoever's coming in is going to have like a pretty wide open field to play in but like it's not a good one Cool. Good times. <laughs> I think uh, if I'm if I'm Washington State, I go through the house and Brian Harson. Yeah, I mean it's that's as probably as good would, you can do as like a local yeah. area one. That would be um, a massive coup. That's someone who completely understands the region and would be able to work with the roster. I think almost immediately in terms of retrofitting it. Um, I don't know what his situation would be with Wazoo, but. I think he would fit there culturally. I think he would be able to do things for Wazoo in recruiting specifically that maybe even Leach couldn't do, or, or you know, Leach's best years. Um, uh, Joe and Kona uh, in the chat brings up an important point. In November 2021, all of the following things are going to happen. Liberty is going to play a road game in Oxford. In theory, Hugh Freeze will still be the head coach at that point. And then uh, probably within, like, uh, I don't know when Thanksgiving is that year, within a week or two of that, 
we're going to get another egg bowl in um, in Starkville. So it's gonna be fun. Someone mentioned really Graham Harrow, which is a good thing to ask. Like he's under the contract with USC, but also I think that that was at one point part of the plan with MGA and WSU and everything else. I don't think that they could pull him away from USC, but it'd be funny to try. It would Didn't put- Mike Leach sign an extension when Ole Miss was sniffing around, though? This year? Yeah. No, so, like, okay, so Leach, they announced an extension for Leach that's not actually an extension. He has a rollover contract that triggers after every season that makes it five years. They just announced that this year after the season because people were sniffing around in general. It didn't actually do anything. The money didn't increase. The buyout didn't increase. It was just a press release, basically. Ah, okay. Um, Harold's interesting, too, because that would put USC in the weird situation of do we try to keep who everyone thinks would be potentially our next option as head coach and definitely who we would want to give the interim title to if we have to um, fire Clay Helton in the middle of the year after basically coming out and saying, yes, we still think Clay Helton is the guy who should have this job. Like, there is a weird balance where you have to strike to say, how much do we need to fight for um, new da- like our potential new dad while, while old dad is still here? Not that I'm not in favor of that kind of awkwardness, just for the record. Um, okay, I think we're about good to wrap it up. Godfrey, um, any last thoughts? We're going to go around the room real quick. Godfrey, any last thoughts on... What has been just a spectacular offseason for Mississippi football? I hope he left. That'd be a good way to just end. <laughs> like, nope, I'm done. Good. <clears throat> you heard it here. God, uh, Stephen Godfrey, for the first time, maybe ever, has no thoughts on Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Beach. I never thought we could do uh, Richard, Richard, any final thoughts from you? Um, I am so glad that my uh, emotional invested interests in the Southeastern Conference are on the eastern side of the league. So I can just pull up a chair, grab some popcorn, and watch the SEC West tear itself apart. Hey, man, you and me are going to spend the next few months uh, intentionally stoking the Tennessee could win the East fire. We're going to work that really hard. I'm voting them top 15. What are you talking about? <laughs> top 15 is <laughs> disrespectful. That's a top eight program. Of course. Uh, Floyd, any final thoughts for you? This is going to be bad next year for Mississippi State. Like, coming from experience, the first two years of the area are not fun experiences. Uh, Just remember that, like, Wazoo lost its best receiver. He walked off a practice field one day and was like, I'm not coming back. A bunch of the players left. There's a whole lot of turnover when you switch systems and, like, things get ugly in a hurry. If he can survive that, it might work. But, like... It's going to be very interesting in the next year and the season after that to see what happens as he tries to make that into a roster in his mold. And, like, he's not really shy about doing that, and it's going to be very public. So we'll Well, see. Well, the good news is, if nothing else, Mike Leach is a man who can handle failure and stress in a media-heavy environment without doing anything that makes him look like a total asshole. So It'll go fine. It's going to be great. Um, thank you all for uh, joining in and listening and uh, asking a few questions. If you don't already, subscribe to our newsletter, The Read Option, uh, on BannerSociety.com. Um, Jason is not on this call because he's hard at work 
helping detail all of the things that exist in our world because a college football player pretended to be a urinating dog. This is the real timeline. This is the one we're trapped in. You're here with us. You're welcome, and I'm sorry. Talk to you later.